Hey yoga teacher, now is the time to make a much bigger impact in the world. You're listening to The Yogipreneur, a podcast for entrepreneurial yoga teachers who want to stop the hustle and overwhelm and instead create more income, freedom and success. I'm your host, Kelly McHugh, founder of Digital Yoga Academy, and I'm sharing business and marketing strategies to grow your community in a way that makes it easy to take action today. I believe that you have a unique message to share that your people need to hear. So let's get to it. Really, really happy to have with us today, Holiday Phillips. Holiday is a coach, She's a consultant and a meditation teacher. And Holiday's been working with us here at Digital Yoga Academy as our diversity, inclusion, and equity consultant. And I'm really, really happy to have you here with us today, Holiday. So, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. No worries at all. So, let's just begin by learning a little bit about you. Sure, yeah. I, I know you know when you get asked this question, you're always like, where do I start? Because there's so much. Um, so I think probably the most important thing, for me, the most important thing about me right now is I'm about to have my first baby. So my biggest part of my identity is being a nana to this little growing bean. Um, and then in terms of work, as you said, so I run a consultancy called Kula, which is a yoga word actually, meaning a group of people who come together, a community. Um, and we do diversity, inclusion and equity, leadership development, culture. And I've spent the last uh, 10 years working in that space. So working with organisations, helping them build inclusive cultures and, and, and conscious leadership. Um, and then I also, um, uh, I'm a sociologist, social researcher. So I, I was actually due to go back to do my PhD but then got pregnant so I study uh, equality and um, culture and society and then I write and speak on those topics and as you said teach meditation so that's kind of always been in my life my mum's a meditation teacher my granny was kind of a mystic back in India so it's just a thread that runs through all the women in our family you just always do it alongside whatever else you're doing <laughs> yeah totally I love that um, so we hear about the terms, you know, diversity, inclusion, equity. Could you give us a little overview of what these terms mean in relation to business? Yeah, absolutely. So diversity is really simply just the presence of difference within your organisation. So it's really a numbers question. So it would be how many uh, people of different race, or how many different races you might have in your organization or genders or people from LGBTQ plus communities. So um, it's the presence, it's, it's, how many, it's numbers basically. Um, and it's really important I think on diversity to be clear as a business that you can't be, a person can't be diverse. So I couldn't be a diverse person because the, often we hear people say, oh, I want to hire a diverse, person but that kind of implies that there's a norm and anything else from that would be diverse so male white straight is the norm and then everything else is diverse so diversity is relational it's how many different identities you have in an organization um, inclusion is about 
people with different identities feeling valued, respected, um, welcomed into your organisation. So you can have amazing diversity and terrible inclusion. There's um, an academic, what's her name? can't remember. Um, she says something, uh, she says diversity being invited to the party and inclusion is being asked to dance, which I really like. That's a really clear way. So uh, inclusion, you have to be proactive about it. Just having diversity doesn't guarantee inclusion. And then equity is a really interesting one. So equity, we often use the word, well, equity in its definition means fairness, equality of fairness. And we often use equity and equality interchangeably, but uh, they're not. So equality implies that we should treat everybody the same. But equity acknowledges that people are starting from different places and that there are barriers to certain groups that there aren't for other groups. So equity really says that uh, we need to recognize the barriers that exist differently accordingly. So my, my dad always used to say, um, Growing up in the UK, if you're poor, it's like you're in a pit with a ladder and you're trying to climb up. And then if you're poor and black, it's like you're in a pit where there's quicksand after you, underneath you and you're trying to climb up. Um, so it's basically acknowledging that everyone's starting at different places in the ladder and that we're trying to bring some balance back to it. Brilliant. That's a really good, really good breakdown of everything. Thank you. And so for yoga teachers then, like what are the first steps where, where should they begin? How can they start to bring in more diversity, be more inclusive and so on? Yeah. So, okay, so I've written notes. I want to make sure I cover everything because I'm really useful. Um, <laughs> so um, I think the first thing I would say for yoga teachers is to kind of set a frame for this question that people are asking themselves and to really uh, start from the place of acknowledging that there are no quick fixes, um, there's no kind of 10-step checklist, and, and that um, if you take race as an example of diversity, um, racism's taken centuries to embed its roots. So there's no one thing that you can do that's going to unbed these roots. Mm. Um, and so in terms of kind of reaching a more diverse audience, it's really important to um, Think of, think of it as building community rather than just getting loads of people in. And I think in terms of marketing, it's like marketing and advertising are often seen as inauthentic or untrustworthy because they are, because lots of organizations and people will sell things, say things that they're not actually doing. So I think uh, in the practice for yoga teachers, the place to start from is to really particularly on issues of diversity, is to really uh, be clear that you're starting from a place of integrity so that you know, okay, how you're starting from a question of how can I authentically build my community in integrity rather than I just want to get loads of different people into my, into my community and not really know why you're doing that. So that's kind of the framing I think of is always think in terms of community building. Um, and then from that place, the first thing I think for yoga teachers to think about is like, who are you actually, from, a, from in terms of building your, your community, um, work out who you're actually speaking to and who you want to speak to. 
So, so you have to move from general to really specific. So a lot of people are saying now, I just want more diversity, but you have to ask, well, what does that actually mean? Are you meaning you want more men? In, because that would be diversity in yoga. Are you meaning you want more uh, people of color, uh, more black people, more Indian people? Are you meaning you want more people who identify as LGBTQIA+, more people of differing abilities? You have to get specific, otherwise you're just saying stuff. And beyond that, you have to know why you are, why you're looking to do that um, and to what scale. So, so that would be the first thing I would say for yoga teachers, if you're starting from a place of, I know I need to, I want to reach more, a more diverse audience, go like 10 levels of abstraction below that. What does that mean? Why? Who? How many? And answer all of those questions. Um, and once you've asked that quest those questions, the next thing to do would be to understand who's currently in your community. Mm -hmm. So you might look around in your classes and say you're focusing on race specifically. You might say, okay, well, we have, when I look around my classes, it's pretty much always white people. Um, so I know who's currently in my community. And even better if you can measure it, like if you have a mailing list, can you go out to your mailing list and say, I'm really trying to build diversity within my community. I want to collect data on who's currently in the community and then have like a survey question what race would you identify as and to not be afraid to do that if people are very uncomfortable oh gosh i can't ask people what race they are but but it's not a it's not a weird thing we're all different races i think it's important to be to be okay with that and then once you know the kind of current state of your community so again let's say you're a yoga teacher and 95 percent of people coming to your classes are white you establish that you then want to work out, well, where do you want to be? What are you trying to change? And again, now as I'm a social researcher, right? So I'm always going to talk about the data, but you can't improve stuff that you can't measure. So, and it doesn't have to be like a big spreadsheet, but just knowing the numbers. So um, you want to know, well, who's in my local community? So I, I was working with a small business a couple of months ago, and they said to me, well, we want 20% of our customers to come from black and minority ethnic backgrounds. And then I asked them why. And they had no idea why. I said, how many people in your local area are from black and minority ethnic backgrounds? No idea. And actually, as it turns out, it was a London-based organization. So actually 20% is really small. <laughs> like London is 55% non-white. So why did you choose 20%? Probably just because it sounded like a decent number. But had you been based in Liverpool, where only 9% of people are non-white, 20% is unrealistic. So you have to know who is in your local community so that you set those goals in a way that actually means something. Mm. And that you go again even deeper, which is like um, black and minority ethnic is a huge group of people. So if you lived in a particular area in London that has a very high Asian population, but hardly any black people, then it doesn't really make sense to say, I want more black people in my class because it's, it's not rooted in anything that's meaningful. So I think that would be the next thing to do to really be honest and clear on what you're trying to 
do rather than just kind of general. Um, and then the third thing, ah, the third and last thing is to, once you know that, once you know, okay, this is what my community looks like at the moment. This is what I think it could or should be to be representative. Um, you have to work out what the gap is. And I would do that by identifying what the barriers are. So you, I always think of it as like a big road and you're here, you want to get to the end of the road and there's like three or four barriers in the way. You know what the barriers are and then move them. And I can just say like a few key barriers that, that you probably will find if you're doing this work. Um, word of mouth, like most small business owners tend to market through word of mouth. And most people are friends with people who resemble themselves in, in, in race, in ability, in sexual orientation. So if, you're, if your marketing is primarily through word of mouth, then you will be stuck in a place of not having a diverse community. So you have to proactively pivot to doing active marketing, um, going into places where there are, is more diversity, sharing your flyers, speaking to people, advertising online in groups which, has more, which have more diversity. And the second thing I would look at is pricing. So in most countries, there is a really strong correlation between race and economic, socioeconomic uh, disadvantage. Not all, but in most. Um, so it tends to be if people are people of colour, they'll be on average financially less well off. So you may want to look at your pricing, like who is your pricing excluding? And do you want to offer a community class or just lower your prices altogether? or offer staggered pricing for people, or offer two free spots for every class or something like that. So that's a big barrier you can remove. Um, and the third thing I would look at is who are people seeing in class? So I know for myself, like, I'd probably be unlikely to go into a, continuously into a space if I could avoid it, where I was the only non-white person, I would choose to go somewhere else. And I would maybe also be less likely to go to somewhere where there was an advert that only had white people. I think just instinctively, you don't want to be the only person of, of that difference. Um, so you want to look at how you're, who's in your classes and then also who's on your collateral. And you want to be really careful there because you don't just want to like shove a black person on a flyer if people are going to turn up to the class and not see any black people. Um, but if you do have diversity, some diversity in your community reflect that in what's being portrayed to the outside world. The fourth one, I think, is a really important thing um, that people don't talk about very, much, very often, which is that the spiritual aspect of yoga is by nature quite exclusive, I'm talking about race again, quite exclusive to communities of colour who on average tend to have a more traditional faith. So I know my, in my family, my dad's family is African, very religious Christian. My mum's family is Indian. Now my dad's family, most of them would never go to a yoga class because they would see it as uh, <laughs> like the occult or something, right? Um, so, and, and that's not uncommon in African communities. Um, and I think probably maybe on the, well, my family might not think this, but there is a whole conversation about appropriation in yoga of Indian communities. So I would look at how much spirituality you're actually weaving into your yoga classes and your marketing. And if that's really core to 
your practice, then by all means continue. But if you're just putting it in there and it's not really that important, then you might want to think about who that excludes. Um, and then the last thing to me is to look at yourself. Like, do you have any friends who are of difference um, in your life? What are your own biases? I think if you look around at your friendship group and you're like, oh, everybody looks like me, then you can probably expect that's going to be the same in your community. Mm. So to proactively decide what well, I'm going to engage in communities who are different from me over the next 12 months, which might feel a bit weird because it's like, okay, I'm going to go and find a black friend and a gay friend and it doesn't have to be like that. But to proactively change the way that you engage with different communities and, and go out there and build diversity in your network I don't think that we should be ashamed to to do that so those would be that would be my my three-step approach <laughs> yeah no that was brilliant really clear concrete um, steps to take and I love the fact that you talk about data and really um, really thinking about you know in terms of your existing community let's say what is the makeup of that community and actually doing a little bit of research to kind of establish, you know, if you've got classes that you're running in a community hall somewhere, what is the kind of local population? What does that look like? I guess the challenge comes if, you know, say you are a teacher in Liverpool where it's mainly, you know, mostly white and where you, you're teaching is mostly a white community, local community, what can you do from in that kind of scenario to to become you know to try to still diversify or to become more inclusive great question so i would go back to your why you're trying to do this now most of us who are in the spiritual space or, or, or wellness part of why what we're trying to do is to serve people right to be of service to the people who need us and and that starts with the people who are in your community mm. so if your why is i want to be of service to people in my community regardless of their background that you live in an area which is 90 percent white and 90 percent of your students are white then you are of service to the people in your community so why would you try and create a class that's 50 50 like that's not that doesn't make sense with your why i would look beyond what is the um let's say well two things you think there's two things you need to do first of all i'd look beyond what's the kind of flavor of the moment which is race and and not ignore all of the other differences that there are like um in, if you're in your community, how are you being of service to people who are of different ages, or different abilities? How are you including people who are uh, not into kind of traditional binary genders? Like there are loads of different ways that, that difference shows up and, and it's important to not be limited by what you kind of think you should be doing because it's what everyone's talking about. So I would really go back to your why. And if it's, I want to, I want to have classes that represent my community, then then if your community is white then your classes are going to be white and that's okay um however if your other why is i want to be in service of a more racially just world then there are other things that you can do which aren't just about getting people into your classes like uh, i used to, used to teach meditation in prisons which are predominantly uh, disproportionately people of color 
So that's a great way that you can be of service to, um, to create in service to a more racially just world that doesn't, doesn't mean that has to be in your community or um, how you support other teachers who are, who may be people of color. Um, do you promote their studios or their teachings um, or even just in your own personal work and, and life? Like what do you, what are you doing to uh, call out racism in the wellness industry? Um, so we think that thinking in that kind of frame is really helpful of like, it doesn't just have to be about the diversity in your classes because that may not be what's available to you um, and getting stuck on that might limit you from being able to do stuff that is truly powerful um, that you have the power to, to do. Yeah, that's great. And I'm glad you mentioned there about, um, you know, pulling out other things that are happening in, in the wellness industry. And I, I think for teachers that are um, teaching in studios, what can they do to kind of call out or bring awareness, let's say, to, um, you know, it, let's say they see that a class or, or classes are, you know, 90% white, but actually the local community says the opposite, reflects the opposite. What could they do in, in terms of, you know, bringing that to attention, bringing that to the attention of the studio owner? So I think the place I would start <clears throat> is to always try and start from a place of non-judgment and non-assumption. So you see something and you may make a set of assumptions that, oh, this is to do with whatever it's to do with. The studio is not doing enough, it's to do with racism, etc., which it very well could be. But I think we all need to take a step out of this place of judging what other people are doing and instead, again, move back into this place of how can I be of service? So what I would do in that situation before I made any judgments is seek to understand. So I would speak to the studio owner and say, okay, I wanna understand this. Like, why is this happening? And to, to end that conversation with a genuine curiosity of seeking to understand because you don't know what they're doing or what they're not doing or whether they even care, right? Like that, the decision may be they don't care. So I'm not going to work at this studio. It's not always on you to kind of crusade to make other people feel differently. It's on you to stay in your integrity and do your bit. So I would go into that conversation to seek to understand and then to ask where you can support. Like, what can I do? Can I work with you to change this? Uh, what are you doing? There's absolutely accountability to change this. And then from that place, it's like working out, okay, well, am I gonna stay here and make this better? Or am I gonna take my services somewhere else? And I think that's the power that you have, actually, is that if enough people, if studio owners, enough people, enough um, people from the majority group are saying, well, I'm not gonna be associated with this, then people will be, forced to change um, and that's a, that's a very powerful your presence is a very powerful tool I think yeah definitely that's really great advice um, so do you have any advice then on what not to do when it comes to diversity inclusion quality yeah my biggest what not to do and I love this one because you really have to hold yourself to account for it is um, don't say things that you're not backing up in action. And it's just so important and, it ha and it's happening 
everywhere and all the time. And I really understand it because people say things before they, because they want to do things, mm -hmm. um, but haven't really thought about it. And, and, and that's much more harmful than just not saying anything. So you can give an example. It's like a lot of organizations or a yoga studio might say, or a teacher even, um, so we're committed to treating everyone the same regardless of their background sounds lovely but what does that actually mean and and i my rule of thumb that i would challenge people to is if you're going to make any statement you need to be able to back that up with speaking on the topic for 10 minutes if you can't do that don't say it um it's really hard right like if you guys say to someone okay what does that mean speak for 10 minutes that's hard but you've got to hold yourself to account on that and so the, the, to that statement, it might be like, okay, we're committed to treating, creating an environment where all backgrounds are, are included and respected. So what does that mean? Like a slightly less vague answer might be, well, we honor diverse religious and cultural backgrounds. But even that's not enough. Like where you wanna get to is, like an example of what, what is real might be something like, I know that we know that there is a high population of practicing Jews in our community. And so we don't schedule special workshops on a Friday night or a Saturday because it's the Sabbath. Like that's real. And you want to speak, you want to be able to say like, if you're going to make a statement like that, I think you want to be able to have five to 10 ways that you're actually doing it and then be doing it. Um, so I would say a, a beautiful, really thing, a really kind of, honorable thing you can do is for every statement that you make you check that you can speak on it for 10 minutes and you have five things that you're actually doing if you can't do those two things don't say it um that'd be my first thing most important thing. uh don't be afraid to measure like people are i i <clears throat> i often think about this as like do you know when people i don't know if you've ever seen this but children a, ch a child might be in a park and then they say why is that person brown or why is that person black and the parent goes Psh, don't, say, don't say that um and it's like we're really afraid to say what is real um to use words like black or gay uh or differently able it's like why are we afraid of that um and most people are afraid of that it, most black people aren't afraid to say black so white people are afraid to say black because they don't want to feel uncomfortable so don't be afraid to measure and to, to measure in like words um, because you can't you can't measure what you can't improve and kind of like or you can't improve what you can't measure and kind of the like subset of that I would say is to be really thoughtful like don't use vague language just to make yourself feel more comfortable say what you actually mean mm -hmm. so I think a lot about how now at the moment the term that we're all using even I, I use it I need to challenge myself to be more clear um, is BIPOC, Black, Indigenous and people of colour. But if you're in the UK, that's really not an appropriate term because the Indigenous people in the UK are Celts, I think, right? So we're not talking about Celts, I don't think. Um, so, so what do you mean when you're saying that? Are you talking about Black, Asian people? Are you talking about Roma people? Like, use, say what you mean. Don't, don't not say, don't say vague things just because you don't want to feel uncomfortable. I mean, that, that comes down to educating yourself 
right? right. Uh, because I think that can be the, the, the issue is that people don't know what to say, but then we need to find out what to say. That's it. Yeah. I think you're totally right. It's about educating yourself and also um, challenging um, yourself to listen to different perspectives. Mm. I think it's very easy to like hook on to whatever the mainstream current is. And because you're trying to do the right thing, you're like, okay, it's not meant to be BAME anymore. It's meant to be BIPOC him and I'm doing the right thing. Um, but, and I do it myself. So I'm, this, I'm like including myself in this. We can be very lazy um, in not doing our own research just by taking in one. Okay, I've seen that, now it's this. I've seen that, now it's this. Um, so I think you're right, educating yourself and continuing to educate yourself. So you're always kind of, saying what you mean not what you think other people want to hear yeah sure what about then um for people who might worry about coming across as being performative like what are your thoughts on that so my thoughts on this are to a certain extent you will be being performative we are all performative um no one wants to seem like a bad person <laughs> nobody wants to seem like a racist or a sexist so to a certain extent anything we're doing is performative and i think that we have to be okay with that um and, and to move a little bit out of this space of like trying to be these morally perfect people mm. because we're not um and rather than thinking about like am i being performative i shouldn't be being performative i would say like just don't just it doesn't matter just do stuff if you're being performative and it's helpful, then that's fine. Like that's, that's fine. And I would just always check, like, am I backing it up with action? Even if a part of the reason I'm doing it is to look like a good person, am I still backing it up with action? Yeah. Can I speak on these things for a period of time? Am I doing my research? Because then you're being performative and you're being authentic. And I think that's the best any of us can hope for really. Mm. Uh, yeah well, it comes it comes back to your why yeah yeah it just keeps coming back to that so um and i think the other option like the alternative to that is that you then don't take any action because you're worrying too much about being performative yeah. <clears throat> um, okay so a lot of teachers in in this community are you know looking actively looking for ways to move from the studio model and you know ways to teach outside of studios and create their own offerings whether they're classes workshops retreats online courses and as they build their own yoga businesses and and their own offerings how can they ensure that these offerings are more inclusive and and attract a diverse range of people as they go about kind of putting that work into creating their offerings mm. I think I'd probably um, think about, go back to thinking about what are going to be the barriers. So if you default from a place of looking at the general yoga industry and seeing that it is white women who have money who are the vast majority of yoga students. So if you kind of just assume, well, that's going to be the people who are coming to my classes um, and then work backwards from there. So you need to look at like, well, what is 
stopping people who aren't white, who don't have money uh, from coming to my classes. And then once you've started to identify the barriers, you, you see where you can, you have power to change. So like yeah. I said, pricing, like you need to work out who is blocked out and at what level. Um, and that might even be like going out to your existing community because I mean, everyone has e mailing, like if you have, might have a mailing list of a thousand people, but only 20 people are coming. So you might try to work out, well, why are the other 980 people not coming? Or even you have a mailing list of a hundred people. And mm -hmm. um, speaking to the people in your community mm -hmm. and, and finding out well, what is stopping you from coming, that might be a place to, to start. Um, so yeah, looking at who is blocked out. Um, I think that the other thing that you can do if you're looking to move into your own space is to think about not only how you bring people to you, but how you come to different people. Mm. So um, do you need, do you actually need to go out of your local area to be able to serve a different type of people? Do you need to look at doing partnerships with community centers or um, yeah, prisons or refuge centers, like looking at places where people who are blocked out are, and then actually bringing yourself to those spaces. Because I think, I think it's really helpful to shift from thinking, I want every single one of my classes to be diverse, to I want to be in service to a diversity of people. Then you open up you know, much, much more possibility because it may not be possible for you as an individual yoga teacher to be letting everyone pay what they want. Like that may not make, be business possible for you and that's okay. Maybe your classes, those are just mainly going to be white women who have money, but what else are you doing to reach different, different types of people? Um, so that's how I would think. Um, and I probably think as well about who like what what your skills and abilities are to reach different people like i i think a lot about how probably the most sidelined identity of people in yoga are people of differing abilities but do you have the skills and language and training to be able to teach yoga to that th those people most people probably don't so to think about where you are lacking to be able to reach a more diverse group of people. Um, that's how I would kind of weave my way through it. Yeah, and then, you know, look to how you can fill those gaps, whether it is, like you say, working with other people, creating collaborations and, and so on. What about then in terms of actually marketing? Like any advice on how to kind of market and promote your classes to, um, we, 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 talked, we talked about imagery and things like that, previously so any any thoughts around that yeah i think that for that the my thoughts would be to again go back to who are you speaking to so speak to real people so when you're putting together your marketing imagery it's like what well, who's your customer avatar like what do they look like what do they like where do they live and then ensure that you're actually speaking to to them um and again, there you have to be really careful about like, what are you actually saying? Are you actually representing something that is true? Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, I was watching, for example, 
and I, and I think actually to go back I think that because what you don't want to do sorry is just put like one black person on a poster and be like okay tick I've done that um but if your community does have some diversity which most most communities do then you do want to include that I was watching like a Lululemon advert I was really surprised because they it was an advert in London and it was like 10 women and one woman was black women and I was like why have they only put one? I mean, I was like, this is so clear. They've just put one person in. It was really annoyed me. Um, so I think you want to be strike a balance between being honest and then also uh, trying to include people for the people who you're trying to to reach. Um, so it's about working out like what that what that balance is and how you can put something out there and be like, I re I recognise that this is honest. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, that it's actually representative of what your community looks like. Yeah, exactly. And you may actually want to say it. I mean, I think that that I was did some work with a women's community, and and I said to them, if you want to bring more people of color into your community, say it on your website. Like, be brave. Say we're a very very white community. We're trying to change that. We want to bring more people. And like different backgrounds into the community like if that's you like <laughs> we're like please come or um like please be in touch about how we can support you to come I think that those that that may be a route that you want to to take because um because I think a lot of the reason people don't come also when I've spoken to people of color anyway is because they feel like they wouldn't be welcome or they feel like it's kind of awkward and unsaid and actually be, go, being brave enough to say like, this is what I'm doing. These are all of the things I'm doing to build a more diverse community, but I'm open to doing more. Like, tell me what I can do. Um, would probably go a long way, I think. Yeah, that's brilliant. Thank you. Any, any final words on anything before we finish up? I think my, my kind of, <clears throat> biggest thread of advice is like there's a huge rush of urgency right now to do stuff um and particularly those people who are in the yoga community like what you're teaching is wisdom right you're teaching wisdom and awareness and depth and i think it's really important to make sure that any work that you do as a teacher any marketing that you do, um, any outreach that you do is rooted in the tradition of yoga and in wisdom and awareness and depth. Um, and so my advice would be like, do one thing really well. Like maybe what you want to do is understand your community and just do that really well. And then maybe you do something else. Or maybe what you want to do is um, look at all of the ways that you're language or imagery might be non-inclusive like do that really well and then do something else um there's a philosopher a nigerian philosopher and he says uh his name is bio akamalafe amazing guy and he says these times are urgent let's slow down and he's talking about what's everything that's going on here now and i really think that's important for communities of wisdom to follow like this is diversity and equity and inclusion and the lack of is so urgent that we owe it to this 
movement to do it properly and not just to rush and do it scrappily and and find ourselves in the same position again so I think that would probably be my biggest advice and then for yourself it's like look inside about why you're if you are scrambling to do stuff like why is that is it because you feel guilty is it because you want to perform to be being a good ally um and if you find those things work through those things um because they're not helpful actually to the cause that you're seeking to address what's helpful is awareness and clarity and intention so to just always check that that's the place that you're operating for not fear or guilt or shame um and yogis have all the the tools right to do all of this to do all of this work in the right way so i think that would be the thing like you know the yoga community is uniquely positioned to do this in a way that is sustainable so so use that yeah perfect that's so beautiful thank you so so much for sharing all your wisdom with us here today holiday it's been really great chatting with you thank you you're so welcome thanks for having me You've been listening to the Yogipreneur podcast brought to you by Digital Yoga Academy, the leader in business and marketing education for yoga teachers worldwide. And if you loved what you learned today, please subscribe, rate and give us a review. And remember that learning is nothing without taking action.